Welcome to the Healthy Charleston Podcast, where we help you take ownership of your health and fitness. My name is Hannah, and I am here to be your source of accurate health and fitness information while spreading awareness about all of the different health and fitness resources available to you in the Charleston area. Be sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I'm talking with Jay Cohen, owner of Locomotion Fitness. Jay's mission is to help people transform their lives by helping them integrate their life with health and fitness, slow down, and look for the deeper why behind their actions. Health is so much more than physical, and we talk about the deeper meaning of health, what true life transformation and identity change looks like, his personal story, the lessons that he's learned along the way, and Jay's tips to start finding ways to slow down, pause, and reflect. We talk all about locomotion fitness and the awesome things that he's doing within our community. I'll let him tell you all about it. Before we start, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Now on to the show. Jay, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Absolutely, Hannah. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited because I don't even know your story and your background and I mean, really not that much about you. Uh, I feel like I know a lot, but there's a lot more to know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've known each other on the outskirts for definitely over five years and same. Yeah. I don't know a ton about you other than your professional life. Yeah, exactly. It's like the the fitness bubble. Everyone that knows everyone, but then I get people on the podcast and I'm like, no, I'm going to really know. (laughs) I'm going to have a deep understanding. Exactly. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about you and what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, So my name is Jay Cohen. I am a level three CrossFit coach, have a bazillion other certifications as well. Um, I own Locomotion Fitness in Park Circle, and um, we're here to sort of help people work on their health. It's pretty broad, right? Yeah, it is. It is broad and and by design, I think it's it's a broad uh, topic. Like there's so many pieces that people need to integrate and to work on. Um, and so we try and approach all of those depending on what, what somebody needs. Yeah. Like there's so many things that people think, oh, this is health. And and if I do this, I'm healthy. And I think what we'll really get into is kind of the deeper, the deep health. Yeah. I, I think there's a, there's a physical health, right? There's a taking care of your body, which is of course an important component and needs to be there as a foundation. Uh, but ultimately I think that just allows you to settle physically so that you can start to get into some of the, the deeper level stuff. It's kind of like the gateway drug exactly. to health. Exactly. That's what I tell people. That's yeah. like when people come in and sit down for me with an intro, say, Hey, we have fitness on our wall on our sign but that's really just so that i can get you in here and talk to you ultimately what we're trying to do is is way deeper than that yeah for sure so what made you start this journey take me back yeah um so i'm gonna go way back because i think that it's important as we get into some of the later stages of this conversation to know where i'm coming from so trauma at large, I think is a big piece of, of what causes people to take certain actions in their lives, specifically trauma that occurs in their childhood. And those patterns then, and that we take on to deal with that trauma, get ingrained and become part of our personality. And we always or frequently fall back to those patterns. Sometimes, most of the time, those patterns were coping mechanisms and they absolutely helped us in the moment. Uh, yet we are unable to see that they're no longer helping us, right? So going back to my childhood, I had a lot going on and a lot of those patterns began to form. So I grew up in a a family that is heavily uh, substance abuse involved. Um, So both of my parents were alcoholics, drug addicts, um, and it was rough for me for the first five years, which obviously I don't have a memory of, but this is you know, secondhand coming back to, and just, I've done a lot of getting into my own physical body, which is where I think a lot of these earlier traumas are stored or are in our bodies. Um, and so I've had some, some stuff that I, that have been able to remember when, when I can get my body into a space to be receptive to those, um, at, six, my parents divorced, which was a good thing for everyone involved, but that 
the day that led to that was a super traumatic event, which I'm not going to get into here, but it was a lot to deal with. Um, fast forward a few years, there was sexual abuse from a babysitter in my life, which was another piece that led to a lot of not great behavior from me as I got a little bit older. Fast forward to 12, found alcohol and weed at 12 and like turned into an everyday thing by 13. Um, quickly, like very quickly ran up the drug chain. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. So went from doing that to, you know, by 14, I was doing cocaine by 15. I had done my first Oxycontin, uh, 16 was a full blown Oxycontin addict, like two 80 milligram Oxycontins a day. Um, where were you living? I was in Boston. Well, Brockton, okay. Massachusetts. So it's about 20 minutes south of Boston. Um, and that's another, like that part of the country at that time was like the ground zero for the opioid epidemic. Really? So, so this was like, there were pills on the streets, like you just wouldn't believe. And then it got to a place where um, people that I knew were going into pharmacies and stealing drugs, like gunpoint, taking drugs from people. Like it was a, it was a crazy time in my life and something that, um, you know, I have a ton of regret with, like I did a lot of damage to a lot of people. And I think that ultimately is, is what drove me to start this, this path of healing myself and, and trying to get to other people. You know, they talk about the path of the wounded healer. And I think that is who I am. So after the opiates, they, you know, they started that crackdown on prescribing pills. And so I jumped over to heroin because it was easier to find, less expensive, which is crazy. Oh <laughs> um, and so I was a heroin addict from when I was 16 until I was 21. I had friends dying left and right. Still to this day, I have friends that overdose and die. Um, and when I turned 21, it was very clear to me that I needed to get out of there. I had already run away once to Florida and, and found drugs there. So I knew that just moving wasn't going to be the thing. Um, so I joined the Marine Corps. And that was a very unconscious way in dealing with uh, the problem that was in front of me, right? That was, honestly, that was me running from it. And it was a way that I could still not deal with it. Uh, granted, it was a, a net positive, I would say, definitely in my life, probably for the world at large. Um, I mean, you, know, you, you knew it was a problem, though. That's as a 21 year old, like deep into this, you still saw that it was a problem. For sure. Well, and I mean, I think you'd have to be blind not to. Like I said, there were people dying left and right and going to jail left and right. I mean, it was it was we would have weekends that I mean, it was a fast life. It was what you see in the movies. Yeah. You know, we would have weekends that we would go and blow $30,000 at a casino. Where'd, like, oh, where'd you get this money? Like, we, I, oh, I, well, I will not incriminate time. myself. But, <laughs> I see. I understand. But it was, I mean, it was just, it was wild. Um, and like I said, this is not to brag. This is not, please, if you're listening, don't, um, there's nothing fun about that life. Outwardly looking in, it appears to be a good time, but. I can tell you from having experienced that it is brutal, brutal. Anyway, so joined the Marine Corps. That's what turned my life. Um, I cleaned up, obviously, to get in. So I, I detoxed myself, which was absolutely terrible. Um, and then literally a week after I was done, I went off and went to boot camp at Paris Island um, and that is where I found CrossFit and that's what started that whole journey. So got my L1 in the military, um, got out, went to the college of Charleston and coached at, at the time I was CrossFit discovery downtown, just part-time, um, after I finished my degree, which is in business, uh, Robert Van Newkirk, who owns CrossFit Discovery, asked me to come on full-time downtown and run that facility as GM and head coach. Uh, so I had some time to figure out 
what was important to me in business and, and to see what worked and what didn't not on my dime, which was fantastic. And I'm grateful. For, I for did that. not know that at all. I did not know that you were the GM and you worked at discovery. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's, that was, um, I, when I moved here, I started at pale horse, but then I quickly moved to discovery. Um, and so like I spent a lot of time there I just, that was, I didn't know that you had that connection. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that was 20, 14, 15, 16, that I was the GM head coach. And I oh. was a coach there 2012, 13, 14. Um, and then I left there in 16 and opened Loco in 17. Oh, geez. This fast track. <laughs> when, when did you get out of, like, when did you move to Charleston? That was 2012. So okay. I was in the Marine Corps station in Beaufort and I was married and my wife. Um, when did you get married? I was married. I got married in 2010. Were you in the Marine Corps? I was. Okay. Yeah. So I was 24. So I was pretty young. Okay. Um, yeah. Got married and she cocked me into, I wanted to go back to Boston. She wanted to stay South. So she was like, what if we go to the college of Charleston for school? And then you can take your actual job up in Boston. Um, and I said, okay, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Full well knowing that we were Full never compromise. leaving Charleston. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what happened. I fell in love with it and my degree is actually finance specifically. So, you know, in 2012 with my background in the Marine Corps, plus I graduated magna cum laude, should have been summa cum laude. That's a whole Ooh, other, that's a better. whole other story. <laughs> um, I understand. Um, but with the grades and my background, I had offers from Credit Suisse, um, from Goldman, like there were some, there was a lot of money on the table. However, they were very clear in saying you're going to work 80 plus hour weeks. And I was getting out of the Marine Corps to be able to spend more time with my family, especially my daughter. Uh, and, and so Robert at the same time was like, look, man, I can't pay you nearly as much money, but you get to stay in Charleston. You get to spend time with your family and you get to do something you love. And, and that's the direction I went. You got, and you had time, you got to slow down. I got to slow down. Yeah. Although I would say it, it took me another, uh, after leaving discovery, probably another three to four years of, of actually learning that lesson. Yeah. So what's ironic too, is working for, you know, a, a huge financial corporation, like there's a lot of money, there's a lot of work and sometimes there's a lot of drugs and there's a lot of work hard, play harder. And it's like, you definitely could have just gotten back into that lifestyle. For sure. And I can almost guarantee I probably would have, I can almost guarantee I would have not, um, I would have been blinded by the money. Like my personality, especially in my sort of shadowy side is so power and money hungry. It's something that I have to be so, so careful of. Um, and I think that can be, that energy can be steered into serving the world instead of serving yourself. And that's what I've, I've tried to do, but I agree. Like if I went in that world, I think it would have been the opposite. It would have been just greed and money. And I would have tried to fill the void that I've been trying to fill my whole life with stuff and trips and a nice house. And I, none of that would have worked. So what brought you to CrossFit? Cause it seems like, I mean, like it's obviously I'm biased, but like CrossFit is the, the turning point of like so many people's stories that like you kind of nerd out a little bit, but it is really cool. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, a, a decade ago you, asked me about CrossFit and I would have told you it was the only way it was like, man, did I drink the Kool-Aid? <laughs> um, you kind of have to at first. Uh, yeah. Well, and especially back then. So I started CrossFit in 2007 yeah. uh, and it was just, a, it's a different like world. Like froning? Y yeah. Pre-froning. Oh, oh, wait, there was CrossFit before froning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so no, no. froning didn't win until I think it was 11. I think Kalipo won in 10. Um, oh, this is like, oh, gee. Yeah, this is a long time ago. Uh, and at the time, I, <laughs> so I had a gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps, Gunny A, I will never forget him, who is a big CrossFitter. And he had come from California, which obviously is where CrossFit started and had known Greg personally. And our whole platoon was going out to do uh, PT, not physical therapy, yeah. but, but physical training. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he brought us to pull up bars and he said, okay, we're going to do a 20 minute workout. Mind you, this was a, a group of 45 
alpha males that were very fit, right? Like we trained like your typical Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We trained hard. Yeah. Um, and the workout he had us do was Cindy. So if mm. you're not familiar, it's a 20 minute workout and it's five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 air squats. And you just repeat that circuit as many times as you can in 20 minutes. How many rounds did we get? Uh, honestly, I can't remember how oh, many rounds whatever. I had. I swear to God, I can't. I mean, my all-time Cindy PR is 27 rounds. Okay, there it is. But yeah. that is, that for clarity, I can no longer do 27 yeah. rounds of Cindy. <laughs> like <laughs> um, less than half. <laughs> yeah, probably less than half. Um, anyway, we got done and I looked around and literally every single person in the platoon was on their back, like gasping for air because we were all trying to beat each other yeah. and we were all just dead. And I was like, what was that? What you just know? happened? Yeah. At the time I was like doing body part splits and like running on the treadmill, you know, like what everyone else was doing. Yeah. Um, and so that piqued my interest. Uh, at the time there was 12 affiliates total, like in the world, there was 12 CrossFit gyms. Um, so it was very online and like very grassroots at that point. And I just started to do more research and more digging and implement the training and, um, like really started to run with it. Like I'd say, I'd call myself a, a CrossFitter, like knew all my mm -hmm. times and weights by 2009. <laughs> that's when you officially became uh, that was exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then that's also, then I started coaching other people on base. Um, and then it just sort of progressed from there. Yeah. So the progression of you being a GM, being a coach, and then starting your own, was it a CrossFit gym when you first started? Yeah, I would say it was definitely very heavily CrossFit. I mean, we've been locomotion fitness from the yeah. beginning. I, I saw the writing on the wall with where CrossFit was heading, even when we opened uh, meaning that it was talking to a population that I didn't necessarily want to yeah. be serving. Uh, at the same time, I recognize the value of what Greg Glassman was able to build and the just sheer genius of it all. Like it, he was a very smart guy, albeit had a lot of faults. Um, and so I knew I wanted to at least have that methodology in my gym. Um, and that was what I knew and what I came from. So of course we were going to lean on that more mm -hmm. heavily. So yeah, I would say we were almost exclusively CrossFit up front. The exception was I also had nutrition right out of the gate and I also ran some yoga right out of the gate. Yeah. So like what sparked you to be like, oh, I like this. I'm a, I'm a business major or finance. Like I'm, I'm going to do my own thing now. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I signed on with Robert, we, from the beginning said the plan was to open a third CrossFit discovery. So we were going to open, you know, at the time we were looking at Nexton and some, wow. some places up yeah. in Nexton. I didn't even know Nexton existed. Back it didn't, then. <laughs> but it was like, they were reaching out to us because they needed, they wanted a gym mm -hmm. and they wanted like a boutique fitness facility. Um, and Robert had a connection with a developer, I think. And so we were talking about going up there and then by 2015, it was pretty clear to both of us that that wasn't the direction that we were going. And so very at least on my end, I think very, uh, amicable split, but just a decision like, Hey, I knew from the beginning doing this, I wanted to work for myself. Um, and I had all the tools to do it. So that was the direction I went. And so since then, like what is locomotion and what has it become? Yeah. Um, locomotion really is a place. So our, our tagline is believe in yourself, belong to a tribe, be strong physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, and so we really focus on what I call integrated development. So physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, which can be a loaded word for people. For my purposes, it's not religion. It's just uh, the recognition of something greater than yourself, right? And, and that could be nature, that could be a God, that could be however you want to frame it. Um, and so we do our best to integrate all of those pieces of the puzzle by talking about our five pillars of health, which when people come to Loco, that's our goal is to address their overall health, not just their fitness. Their fitness is how I meet them, right? It's how they get to me and it's what they think they need 
And honestly, it probably is a piece of what they need, but for most people, it's much, much deeper than that. So those five pillars are fitness, which we do semi-private training and then yoga, bootcamp, CrossFit classes, nutrition, which I've got a registered dietitian on staff and we use what's called intuitive eating. So we don't do meal plans. We don't do macros. We don't have people weigh, measure, log and track food. It's about understanding. And this is loco at large, understanding why you're making decisions and what is the be or the patterns or behaviors that are driving those decisions that you're making and are they conscious or are they not um so that's nutrition third pillar is mindset so first and foremost that's normalizing the mental health conversation i just told you my story obviously i've done a lot of well maybe not obviously but i've done a lot of personal work a lot of therapy a lot of plant medicine a lot of anything and everything i could to try and deal with those traumas and and i think for a long time especially being in marine like that was stigmatized and you know, people talk about it not being like, yeah, go and do that. And it's awesome. And at the same time, the structures underneath, like if you are in the military and you go and you say that you're messed up, they will pull you from duty. And that like, that just, those don't align. Right. So it's making people see like, Hey, like we talk about anxiety and depression and we help people to see that they're not the only ones dealing with it. Like as the guy that was responsible for the health of, let's call it 250 people going into COVID, mm became so clear to me that anxiety and depression are so close to the surface for so many people. And everyone is walking around thinking that they're the only ones dealing with it. And that there's something wrong with them. Exactly. Uh, and so just talking about it is so helpful to people and giving people a place. What we say is, is we want them to feel special, seen and supported and, and just a place to get that out and to see that other people are dealing with it too. The other part of that third pillar, the mindset pillar is self-talk. So that voice in your head and, and learning to have it serve you and not beat you up and tell you how bad of a person you are, or think, you know, in the middle of a hard workout, I think probably most of us listening to this are, are at least mindful of health and have felt what it feels like to be in a hard workout. And you start to get that self-talk that's like, you need to slow down. You can't do this. Um, so what a great opportunity in a place that it really doesn't matter because when that workout's over, it's over mm. to deal with that voice. Um, so we work on like micro goal setting with people. So thinking about the next rep or the next five reps, instead of thinking all the way to the end of the workout or visualization, thinking about yourself done at the end of the workout and what that is going to feel like and how amazing it's going to be. Uh, because if we can control it there, like the way that we show up in a workout, if the first thing that you do is think to yourself, Oh, the coach isn't looking, I can do three less reps. The first thing you're going to do in life outside where it really does matter is look for a shortcut. And that's going to come back to bite you in the butt. Fourth pillar is recovery. So that's flexibility, mobility, durability is what I like to say there. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Um, and then also sleep is a big piece of that bucket. Stress mitigation, um, meditation, all of these things to help yourself sort of recover physically, mentally, emotionally. And then finally, last pillar is relationships. And that is the glue that holds our gym together. And I, I'd love to think we got a really dope facility in Park Circle and our programming is really, really solid. And our coaches are really great. And I can almost guarantee that any other gym owner would come in here and say the exact same thing, which tells me that's not the secret sauce, right? what is the secret sauce is people come in because they're seeing their friends. Um, and we're able to build that container where people feel supported and safe and happy and able to express themselves. And that has, I think why we've been successful. The healthy Charleston podcast is brought to you by made to move physical therapy, made to move physical therapy specializes in helping you get out of pain and get back to doing what you love. We offer relationship-oriented, one-on-one, individualized care to all of our clients, and we believe in putting the patient's needs first. If you'd like to work with me or any of our other physical therapists at Made to Move, check out the link in the show notes and get 10% off of your first session. We have locations throughout Charleston, Mount Pleasant, West Ashley, Somerville, and Daniel Island. Don't waste another day stuck in your pain. Follow the link and schedule an appointment today you built a community that 
people get to be surrounded by other people that are also trying to improve their health. And so like you were reading Atomic Habits, right? But like the best way to make a change is to identify yourself with that change. Like what would the the healthiest version of myself or the, the Hannah that I want to be do? And you start to make your identity like I am this person and I do this. And the easiest way is to just put yourself in a group of people that already do those things because yeah. we just do the same things as other people. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's our wiring as humans, right? Like I, I've heard this the first time, maybe a decade ago from Tim Ferriss, but you are the average of the five people you hang out with most. Right. And I think that's starting to get commonly spread around and more and more people have, have heard that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, atomic habits, I am going through that right now because we're using that book as a part of one of the programs that we're offering at Loco. And actually right after I do this podcast, I've got to hop on our group coaching call. Um, for everyone that's in that program, we do a weekly reading assignment from Atomic Habits and, and yeah, you nailed it. Like identity is at the center and, and that's ultimately why I built Loco the way that I built it. I got tired when I was at Discovery, when I was in the Marine Corps, I got tired of changing people's lives. And six months later, running into them at Costco, and they were back to where they were before, if not worse off, because they had stopped, because they'd achieved something, or some stressful event came up in their life, or whatever, and they fell off the training bandwagon. And it was just this constant cycle of, I'm doing great, things are terrible. Doing great, things are terrible. Um, and so... I've realized why that's happening is that there's a very big difference between achievement and transformation. Hmm. An achievement is, okay, I'm working towards this goal. Maybe it's losing 30 pounds. Maybe it's running a marathon, whatever it is for you. Uh, and, and then you hit that goal and then you go back to how you were before. And that's because all you were doing was striving for something outside of yourself, striving for an achievement. And we never, you were this other person who is doing these things in order to achieve this outcome. Transformation is believing that you are different from who you used to be. And you hit the outcome because you are a different person, not because you were this other person that was trying to white knuckle their way by following exactly what to eat or exactly these training methodologies or whatever. Like it's a, it's a totally different experience. Somebody that's striving for achievement might be miserable. Somebody that's going through a transformation, although it's going to be really difficult, it's going to be hard. It's going to feel amazing because you are now the person that you want to be. Yeah. Instead of, oh, I want to be able to just do this. It's like, no, I want to be the person that has the tools and the abilities to do this. Yeah. I mean, there's a big difference between saying I'm going to go for a run and I am a runner. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's identity. And often like, and I think identity, it's it's so powerful. It could, any powerful thing can be used for good or evil. When people have anything going on in their life, that's almost like blocking them from from acting the way that they associate with their identity. Like for example, when people get injured and they're like, well, I'm a CrossFitter, like I work out and I improve my health. I'm like, I can't do this. Or like someone with an ACL tear, like huge identity crisis because all of a sudden your whole life changes. And so it's it's deeper than like, I am a CrossFitter, I am an athlete. It's It's like, no, I am someone who prioritizes my health. I am hardworking. I am disciplined. I am intentional. And you almost have to like peel the onion back to get to the root of the identity because sometimes it is fleeting. You know, if, if your identity is I am a physical therapist and I'm a mom, I mean, I'm not a mom. I am a dog mom. Um, I'm <laughs> very proud of. Um, <laughs> it's my greatest achievement. Um, I am this, I am that. Like all that can go, all of that can leave. And then what do you have? Yeah. So like people come to you for fitness. What is the process like to then be like, actually, we're going to transform your whole life. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah. know if you knew that when you called us, but that's what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it starts when people come in and sit down with me the very first time. So uh, the way that we get people started is everyone. I don't care if you've been training CrossFit for 10 years, you're going to come in and you're going to sit down and you're going to talk to me because I want to know about you. I want to know 
about you as a person. I want to know what you're looking for. Like, why are you coming here? I want to know that you're going to be a good fit for my community, which I've worked really hard to build and grow. I want to know that I can serve you. Um, and we call it a no sweat intro. So somebody comes in and they sit down and we chat with them. And that is really where it's my job to get deeper than people want to go, um, which has taken a lot of work and training from myself and, you know, motivational interviewing and, and like trying to steal conversations and or steer conversations and, and highlight things for people. Um, so almost all the time people come in and say one of a few things. I want to lose weight. I want to get stronger. I want to have more energy, right? Like ultimately though, all of those things are outcomes of something else that they're doing or wanting in their life. And so I am trying to get a layer deeper with those people. Okay. Why do you want to lose the weight? right? Like what is underneath that? Oh, well, I just don't like the way I look. Okay. Well, how do you feel when you look at yourself in the mirror? Right? Because there's this thing where people do, where they try and stay up in their head and it's very much just Western culture at large where they're not willing, like they understand, like, I don't like the way I look, but they're, they're not tapping into like emotionally what's coming up for them when they are looking at that. And so maybe it's, I feel like a failure. Maybe it's, I feel like I am capable of so much more and this is holding me back from doing it. Right. But there's something there and that's what I'm, I'm trying to pull out. And from that moment on, they're like, Oh, you're right. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've said, Hey, you came in here and told me that you think you need to lose 20 pounds. In reality, you haven't put yourself first in 20 years and it's time. It's time to prioritize yourself and to make yourself feel better. Like you have been taking care of the world for over a decade and it at the cost of yourself, like a lot of us do. And when I can get people to see that they are open and willing to explore these other worlds with me. I mean, I also am someone who wears my heart on my sleeve. And so I think people can feel that, like they can feel that I care and that like I've gone through this journey and I'm not just like talking nonsense. I've done it and I know how impactful it is and I've helped other people do it. Um, and so then we just get started on that path. And there's various different ways that we work with people depending on their level of um, you know, how involved they want to be in the gym, how much time they have. Um, and, and so it looks different for each person, but that's sort of where it starts. Yeah. That, I mean, that's super, it's super powerful and it's, I think it's what makes the difference between a quick fix and a long-term solution because I guarantee like, unfortunately we are never the first place for people. You might not be either. People have tried things. That's what people do. They Google and they try things and they go to Planet Fitness and they, you know, I, I want to lose weight. Okay, so what are you what are you gonna do when that's your why? You're gonna go to the gym. You're gonna get a gym membership, a twenty dollar membership to Crunch, versus I want to put myself first and start taking care of myself so that you know I have the energy and I can be the person that I want to be. Well, like now the treatment is completely different, and so getting down to the the really the root reason of why they're there allows you and allows them to to like accept the treatment the plan the process that's going to be required because it's not just about losing weight because even if you lose 20 pounds like like you said before you you were sick of changing people's lives only for them to go change it back this is about like transforming lives and I, I think that's just like the, what makes you more than a gym. And what you what you describe is honestly like what I think we all should have gotten in physical education. <laughs> like we just don't learn. We don't learn about our health. We don't learn about any of the pillars. We don't learn. I mean, we sit in a parachute, which is fine. I don't know. Are you still doing that? Is <laughs> your daughter it, doing I that? I think so, yeah. It's probably worse now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so you're doing – you have a health school. Mm -hmm. whether you know it or not, a community, honestly. Yeah. I mean, and that's, 
I agree. It, it's something like we bring in outside experts to give talks. One of my former coaches has her doctorate in neuroscience and will come in and talk about the brain and what's happening on a chemical level to make you feel how you're feeling and what is dopamine doing and why is it important? And, and, um, I at one point was doing EMDR therapy and had her come over and give a talk and like, absolutely. Education is equal to, I would say importance in the physical side at my, at my gym and actually make a change that's going to last. Right. It's the classic, like give a man a fish versus teach him to fish. Yeah. You mentioned before a lot of personal work and a lot of things that you've done, a lot of things that you've tried. And like, obviously you didn't just get from drug addict to owning your own amazing health community. Like what did you learn along the way? Ooh. Man. Yeah. Let's start from the top. <laughs> uh, I mean, I had to relearn everything, everything. The, the motivation, the driver in my life was proving myself and proving to myself that I was worthy and to everyone else. So everything, everything that I did was to be successful, quote unquote, uh, so that society saw me as successful to prove that I was somebody that was amazing. So first and foremost, I learned that I'm not the center of the universe. Because nope, I am. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, I learned that there, there's a lot going on that's a layer deeper if we're willing to slow down and actually pay attention to what's happening inside of us. I learned that you cannot control everything that's happening in your life. Like there's just too many variables and too much stuff going on all the time. And as a business owner, it's so, so easy to try and just hold so tightly to everything and you want to do everything to make it perfect. And, and, and that just got me to a place of total burnout and, the learning was surrender. Like you have got to let go and surrender can be a tough word for people because it feels so like you're rolling over onto your back and giving up. That's not what I mean at all. Surrender is just, um, like just trusting that if you are committed to what you're doing and you're passionate about it and you know that it's something that the world needs and a gift that you're bringing, that it's going to work out. And that really was probably the single biggest thing that I learned and I'm still learning was just that act of surrender. What does it look like for you to surrender? So it is intentionally carving out time to do the things that I know recharge me and bring me back to center. So a lot of times when things start going wrong, that's when I really want to hold on to stuff uh, because I'm like, oh, I can fix this. And so for me, it's like this feeling that I know that I can like, I, I can, I don't, it's hard to describe, but I, like, as I'm sitting at my computer working, I get this feeling washing over me that is like, you, you're trying to do too much right now. And so surrender is stepping away from the computer and going for a walk for 20 minutes. It's getting in the ice plunge. It's, um, it's faith. You know, that's another piece of piece of surrender too, is, is I've, especially over the last two or three years, like worked so intently on developing a relationship with God. Um, and I, I am not into organized religion by any way. And, and I wouldn't even say the word God up until this year, like up until then it was spirit or nature or whatever. Um, but it's going into meditation and, and just trying to find stillness and peace, um, and, and faith and knowing that everything's going to be okay. How did you learn that you needed this, that you needed to slow down? Like, was there a pivotal moment for you? Honestly, um, so I hinted that, or I mentioned that I had done some plant medicine stuff in the past, and that was probably the big catalyst to opening my eyes to the, the fact that there is so much more than we see with our eyes. 
And I think when that happened, A, I, I saw with certainty that there is something greater to our, than ourselves and that we are all deeply connected to one another. Uh, and on top of that, I started working. So I, I was doing these things in a setting that was um, very therapeutic with a shaman, with like, this wasn't like I was at my house, like eating and eating mushrooms, right? <laughs> um, and she also sort of came into my life as a, as a mentor uh, and was somebody that, I mean, that was her message to me. That was why I believe she was put into my life was like, you need to slow down. She would say it to me every time we talked on the phone. Um, and then I started to implement some of it and my life got so much better. And I, and, and so all it takes is that, right? Just seeing one time that there's another way and that it feels better. Um, and then that's what started that path. What did your life look like? And I, like, I'm, I'm asking these because I guarantee other people listening are experiencing the same thing. They don't, they don't even know it, you know, because when we are in this fast paced environment of just hustle, go, 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 solve these problems, ruminate, it's really hard to zoom out unless you're told to, or you're forced to. And I think it's important for people to understand like what this looks like and what this feels like, because you might not even know it yet. And so like, what did it feel like? What did it look like for you before, before you started slowing down? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm going to loop back to something that you said, which was this identity idea where when people get hurt, they're like, Oh God, like who am I now? Right. All I was this person that just exercised or played football or whatever it is. Um, and I think when those things happen, a, I know that they suck, right? That is a terrible thing to happen. And at the same time, I don't think that they happen by mistake. And it is our body is like has tried a million ways to get through to us. And we ignore, 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 ignore. And then there is a catastrophic event. And, and sometimes it's not even like a catastrophic injury. Like it's just an illness that comes up. Like I really wholeheartedly believe that our physical bodies are connected to our emotions and how we're feeling. 1000%. There's no way we can feel these things. When we feel it, that feeling is physical. Like there's a reason we feel it. Exactly. And, and I think with enough negative emotional state, our physical bodies start to store that trauma and things start to manifest. Um, and so that is unfortunately, I think what it takes for a lot of people and even worse because of our society and where we are, when those moments happen, they double down and go the other direction. Let's control even more. Exactly. And let's numb it out with, you know, whatever it is, whether it's prescribed medication or not, or even some other behavior that people see as healthy like exercise, right? And granted, if we're talking about an injury, this isn't where people would go. But in another circumstance, people are like, oh, exercise is healthy. And then they go and do that. But it's in a, a mindset that is like beating themselves up for eating crappy food or like even if it is for stress mitigation, which I'd argue, yeah, that's a good thing. But if it's if your life is nonstop stressful and, and you have to exercise to get that out, that's an issue. Like we shouldn't be stressed out so much all the time that you have to go and exercise. And then people get into this cycle of it's okay. I can go blow off the steam. But ultimately again, like that negative energy is going to start to build and their bodies are going to start to show it. And so it's like, you can either listen when it's a faint signal or you're going to be forced to listen when, when something really goes sideways. Yeah. That's what, when I often see people is when, their life is so stressful and they're like, well, I exercise and that's my stress relief. And then boom, pain, injury. And then they're like, well, what am I supposed to do now? My whole life is uprooted. And I, they lose all of their strategies. They lose all of their tools. And that is the time to start this path. Yes. Right? That's what gets you here. Rock bottom. Let's start walking back up. <laughs> yeah. So how do you help people? Like, what is the first step in slowing down? Man, I mean, it's it's simple, but not easy. It's just carving out the time to slow down. Um, you know, I do a lot of work with people in, in one of the programs we have in the gym. It's called the Reboot in helping people build out morning and evening routines. And I think that is probably the best place to start in slowing down is 
you know, depending on you as a person, some people can find this time more easily in the morning, some people in the evening. Um, but it's a time of day typically where you're not answering everyone else's demands. And so you can carve out the time to, to slow down. And, and there is a book called the miracle morning. The author's name is Hal Elrod and he uses an acronym called savers for his morning routine. And it's S is silence. So this is perfect time, right? This is how you slow down. And in the beginning, I hear all the time, people are like, I cannot sit quietly. Like my brain it's is too loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, again, that's indicative of something, right? If you can't sit without your phone and just be peaceful for a little bit, like we've got a huge issue. Another thing that people constantly say in that silence is I can't get the voice to stop in my head. Um, and in the beginning, that's okay. Like meditation, everyone thinks that the goal of meditation is to get your mind to be silent. And ultimately, long game, do you get there? Yeah, right? Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. That is sort of where we're trying to head. However, the practice in the beginning is catching yourself having wandered off and coming back to whatever that focus point is, whether it's your breath or something you're looking at in your room or whatever type of meditation you're doing. We call that a mindfulness meditation, right? Where you have this point of focus. And so don't beat yourself up if your mind's wandering. The more it wanders, the more you get to pull it back, the more you're flexing. It's just like doing reps in the gym. Um, okay, so silence, A is affirmations, which can be kitschy. So take that for what it's worth. Like it needs to be something that you do actually believe. Like if you're a, if you're like super miserable and you're just like, I am happy, I am happy, I am happy. Like that ain't gonna get you anywhere. I am relaxed. <laughs> um, so there's different affirmations that I say that can be really long or, or really short. So I'll let you explore that. V is visualization. So this could be, I tell people to go one of two ways. Number one is what we call a dirt dive in the Marine Corps. So a dirt dive, before we would go out on a mission, we would mentally go through. So all the Marines in a room, eyes closed with whoever's leading the mission up front walking us through step by step this person's going to breach this this door this person's going to go here this person's doing this this is when we're on the radio this is when we're reloading like you go through this like it's happening you know and so i encourage people to do that with their day like what a great opportunity to map out what you want your day to look like or the other great tool or great use of visualization is just what people typically think about, which is, I think, like seeing yourself in an end state that you desire. So seeing yourself in a house that you want to be in or having achieved some outcome that you're after. Um, and, and most important with visualization is tying in all the senses and adding emotion. So not just seeing it, but smelling what's around, hearing the sounds. Uh, and then most important piece, feeling what it would feel like to stand in success. Um, e is exercise. And this is not my typical like full workout for the day. It's just like a 10 minute stretch for me. Usually, um, R is read or consuming some sort of useful information in our age. I don't think it needs to be reading. Like there's great Ted talks that you could watch on YouTube, but it's something that's like useful and driving your life forward. Not like reading the news or, like or social media. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I do that really well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the last S is scribe, which, which he is very open in the book and saying he wished there was a, a word that worked with W so, so that he could write, right? But that's what it is. It's journaling or uh, creating something for the world, right? Like the traditional would be journaling, but you it could also be time to like write a blog post or create a a new program that you want to launch or, or whatever, you know, it's just like output. Yeah. So you mentioned Reboot. Yes. And so I want to know about Reboot. And I also want to know just like what's going on at Loco these days? What's new? What are you excited about? Tell me about that. Yeah. Re and Reboot is that thing or one of those things. So Reboot was my or is my attempt at addressing all of the five pillars in one program. So although we talk about the five pillars at Loco all the time, our traditional members that are doing mostly semi-private training or mostly group training, they're really only getting the other pillars when they come in for what we call an athlete check-in or a mentor check-in, which happens once a month or every three months with our members just to make sure that they're staying on track. We look at some data, we do some goal setting, um, and then we sort of prescribe to them a new way of, of achieving their goal. 
Um, or when I do one of these clinics or seminars and people are coming in or for five minutes at the end of class when we're doing an education piece at the whiteboard, which is good, but not all the way there. And so reboot was my way to like really have a structured weekly way of hitting all of these pillars. So there's a few different pieces first on the physical or fitness side, we do semi-private training. So for us, that's groups of up to four people. People come in once, twice, or three times a week. Like that's easy. Second piece is nutrition. So they've got two options there. They can even either do a intuitive eating meal plan, which is like very broad, right? It's more about like giving you recipe options and, and helping you to eat breakfast and, and that sort of thing. Or, they can work one-on-one -on -one with Kayla. On, for the mindset side, we do a meditation and breathwork session once a week. Um, we also, like I mentioned earlier, are reading Atomic Habits. So weekly, I give an assignment from Atomic Habits. And then we have a group call, which actually I'm doing right after we record this, where we all get on Zoom together. We go over, you know, what, what were the wins that you had this week? What were the challenges you had this week? We get to know each other a little bit more because, again, relationships, community, being around other people that are going through the change that you are trying to make is an important piece of this puzzle. So that's our time to do that. Um, but then ultimately we get to the Atomic Habits stuff, which is always from the reading the week prior, I give them questions that I have them answer after they finish the reading. So we're just going through talking with everyone about that. And then also um, I give like some lessons that I pulled out as like a teaching opportunity for people. So that's sort of the mindset side. For recovery, there's a yoga class that we hit um, once a week. And then also I would say probably meditation and breath work stuff fits in there. Plus for our, our weekly coaching calls, I'm talking to them ad nauseum about sleep and stress mitigation and how to set up their wives in a way that it, they can be the most impactful. So another part of that weekly call is we work through exercises and building out uh, what I call your perfect week. So it's just like, when are you going to work out? When are you, what's your sleep schedule working, looking like? Um, you know, when are you going to eat all, all of those kinds of things? And then finally, the last piece relationships piece, Obviously, we see people in the gym and we're on that group call, but then we also have a, a group specifically. Uh, we use WhatsApp um, to just have everyone in that program be able to talk and communicate. And it, uh, man, it's a game changer for people. I mean, it's literally a whole, you just described the whole health transformation, like yeah. a, an overhaul. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it goes really deep, you know, and, and we make people agree to confidentiality before they start because we're talking about like really intense things in some of these group coaching calls. Um, they sign what I call the believe, belong, be strong contract, which is a commitment to themselves and to me that they're going to show up and they're going to work hard for these things. Like this is not, you need to be ready for this. Like if anybody's listening and this is something that piques your interest, um, most people I actually steer away from it because it is, it's a lot, you know, it's, it, you need to be ready. It needs to be calling to you. And if it's not, that doesn't mean you'll never do it. It just means right now is not the time. The people that do that do do it, like what it what is it for them that makes you be like, yes, definitely you are ready for this and you need this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a willingness to change and it's having them like I can clearly see when they come in for their intro that the light bulb has gone off and that they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. I, I don't just need to lose 10 pounds. Um, and honestly, somebody has the time and space in their life, you mm, know, like, for sure. like there's times where, you know, somebody's working 60, 70 hours a week and has a two year old, like, I hear that you want to do this right now. And I really, really want it for you, but there's probably better ways that we can start to work on it right now. And then when things ease up a little bit can always circle back to this yeah like let, let's just start with you sleeping exactly <laughs> let's yeah do that or you come in and you work out a couple times yeah. a week to get yourself to feel a little bit better or you pay attention to your nutrition or whatever but you know this between yoga once a week and let's call it two workouts a week plus the meditation and breath work session like it's a six seven hour a week well five let's call it five to eight hour a week commitment you i mean know? this like, is school it's a chunk you should call this like graduate school or like <laughs> like night school or like it's like you've you've pulled the most successful parts of a gym nutrition 
and almost like a like a religion like a church yeah. and then also like i mean i was in the sorority so like i think about that all the time like you have really pulled in all of those pieces to make it like this health community overhaul where like they are very well set up to completely transform their life and like i think we 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 talk about that and i think sometimes it's kind of like yeah yeah like people transform their lives it's pretty cool but like if you sit and like you slow down and you take a moment and you pause like the domino effect of someone transforming their life is endless and it's super cool to think about like how if i am trying to be a better person and show up in my life and my relationships better how am i going to affect the people around me and then they are more likely to be those people and then they affect the people around them. Like it's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, it takes one person to change a relationship and it takes one relationship to change a family and it takes one family to change a community. And it absolutely, I mean, it ripples out in a big, big way. And and when you get people to see that what they're doing ultimately is not even for themselves, but so that they can serve the whole, it makes it so much easier to stick with everything because that's what we're really here to do as humans. Like we get confused in Western culture and and we get greedy and we want, and we, you know, want to keep up with everyone. And, um, but ultimately none of that really matters and you're not going to take any of it with you what matters is the impact that you have and and just your ability to to show love and support to the people that are around you yeah that's that's the message man and it's it, it like you said like it is so good to talk to other people and to hear other people's stories because like everyone is struggling it seems like i, I don't know if people are struggling more or if we're just like talking about it more i think it's the latter um, but like experiencing this stuff myself, like experiencing a time where I was like, I can't sleep because all I'm thinking about is this and control, control, control. And then like hitting a wall and being like, like, I feel like when you hit it, you know it, you're like, oh my God, something needs to change. And like the worst case scenario is you're like, I need to change. And you're looking around and you're like, I don't know where, like, how am I going to do this to know that like, there is a place that you can go to completely transform your health and be surrounded by a community that supports you and that is on your team and that is going the same direction. Like just think what you've created is, is really amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, and I also recognize that we're not going to be the solution for everybody. And, and I really try and do my best when people come in and sit down with me to point them in the direction that they need, not what we need. Um, because, Again, some people just aren't ready. Some people have life coaches that they're working with and, and are approaching it in another, you know, another direction. And that like some people are using religion. Some people are using meditation. Some people are using the relationships they have in their lives to learn and grow. Like there's a lot of different roads to get there. Um, but yes, I'm very happy to be able to provide one of them for yeah, people. Just get on a road. Yes. Any road. Like, <laughs> exactly. We'll all end up in the same place. Well, you just got to find a way. Whatever feels good for you. Like we're all so different. Mm-hmm. So, so different. And so carving out the the thing that you need and not feeling bad about that. Like it's funny in the, the assignment for Atomic Habits this week, he talks about, um, let's say you have this desire to read more. Uh, but you think that you should be reading personal development books. You think that you should be reading that when in reality you want to be reading romance novels. Mm -hmm. And so because you aren't allowing yourself to read romance novels, you're not reading. He's like, just know yourself. That's okay. Like just allow, just society says you need to read these personal development books. You really don't just read the romance novel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, currently reading a fairy romance novel. <laughs> if anyone is listening, A Court of Thorns and Roses. And I'm reading Crescent City. My friend's on a throne of glass. And like, I go to bed every night and I'm like, I am going to read my fairy novel. <laughs> and then in the morning, you know, I read my book and my personal development and work and all that. But um, yeah, just like let yourself do the thing. Like we all, we, we force ourselves to do these things all, all day long. And we work and we do this and we do this for other people. Like just give yourself that. Give yourself that little bit of enjoyment and um, it's pretty, it's really powerful. Yeah. And same goes for exercise. You know, everyone thinks it has to look a certain way. Mm. 
you have to do yoga or you have to go to a CrossFit class or you have to do boot camp or you have to lift weights or like you could go for a walk and like stop in a field and roll around on the ground a little bit if it feels good. I say that <laughs> because like do. that's what I'm doing right now. Like <laughs> oh, I tell people that when I'm working out right now, I'm wiggling. Like that's my current phase of exercise is like I wiggle my body around in ways that feel good. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what we all do. It's, it's just like structured wiggling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. I can't wait to like drive by and like see you in a field. <laughs> you will. I'm telling you. Sometimes we have a big field next to Loco. Yeah, Sometimes right. it's right just, there. Oh, there's the owner of Loco. He's also <laughs> Loco. He's just wiggling. From the outside looking in, it definitely looks weird. But that's what I'm saying. Like, who cares? Who cares? I look weird rolling around <laughs> in the grass. Like, so what? That's the myth. Roll around in the grass more. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Jay, where can our listeners find you and connect with you and learn more? Yeah. So Loco is locomotionfit.com, at Locomotion Fitness on Instagram, Locomotion Fitness on Facebook. Um, personally, at Coach Jay Cohen on Instagram or Jason Cohen on Facebook are probably the best Official places. on Facebook, huh? So official. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. This has been incredible. Absolutely. My pleasure. To connect with and keep up with Jay and Locomotion Fitness, all of those links are in the show notes below. Make sure you subscribe to the show. New episodes are out every Monday. Otherwise, take the time you deserve to slow down this week and have an awesome week. Thanks, Charleston. Thanks, Charleston.